Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided. This is episode number 49, The Rebirth of America, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, our sponsor, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals and speeches for all things spoken audio. It's Audible.com. That's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after the show today. And in the drop-down menu box to the right, Enter Life Coach Radio Network for a chance to win a free 30-day trial of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the sponsor of Undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome in, everyone, to Undivided. This is episode number 49, The Rebirth of America, the special 4th of July episode. But today is July the 3rd, the year 2019. This is a recorded show. It was pre-recorded because of the 4th of July holiday. So many people traveling. Uh, it's a busy week. I didn't want to have a guest have to do a show this close to July 4th with so much going on in people's lives. You even see all the, the major networks are running reruns this week. I was reading an article about that in the media earlier today because statistically ratings are down. People are spending time with family. Uh, people are traveling to their destination. Maybe they're traveling for the week. So these are all very good things, very uh, positive things for people to be doing. It's good to, to pause and spend some time. And for most people, you know, we're just beyond the midway point of the year. The exact midway point of the year was uh, last week, June 25th. So we're basically halfway through 2019, believe it or not. And for so many people, the pause here uh, for uh, the July 4th holiday and to remember uh, America and the birth of America uh, is an important thing to do and also to spend time with others. The disclaimer, before we get too far into the introduction here, the disclaimer for the program, the views of episode number 49 of Undivided, The Rebirth of America, may not necessarily be the views of myself, the host, Frank J. Maduri. I have no guest this evening. I would have inserted the guest uh, co-host here. Uh, it's a solo program, so may not necessarily be my views, may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network or the other employees of the Life Coach Radio Network. And that's a very important disclaimer to remember today for tonight's show, because I'm going to be covering a lot of sensitive and potentially sensitive topics. And I've never really crossed into some of these places before. Uh, some of those views may or may not be my own. Um, I've done that before in this show where I've played a role. I'm also going to be presenting many different sides to an issue based on people that I know and I have interaction with and the feedback that I've received prior to coming on the air today. So in our introduction for tonight's show, The Rebirth of America, as you all remember, um, last 4th of July, uh, we had a, a different special on America and talking about some of the challenges that America faced and I had said, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I was on with Bronson Bro, uh, which thank you all for the feedback on that episode, that this episode was going to be different than the prior Fourth of July uh, special edition show last year. And it will be. But I ask you, the audience, to bear with me as we go through some of this tonight. It's going to be, uh, at some points, uh, I think, pretty sensitive 
uh, there are a number of different issues that are pulling apart the country at this point. You know, America is divided. I call them fault lines. You know, if you think about an earthquake, there's fault lines in an earthquake. And there's several lines that were divided across that we're going to delve into as I go through the talking points that I wrote out for myself this evening to keep me on time. There's political fault lines, which I've never crossed into on this show before. I don't wish for it to be a political program. I'm going to take um, a 5,000-foot view or 50,000-foot view, depending on how you want to look at it, of that process because it is something that does pull the country apart. And it is a reality. I don't want to get stuck there, though. Like in coaching, you don't want to get stuck and you end up spinning your wheels for a while. You want to move forward. There's cultural divides. There's racial divides that are certainly very strong. There's socioeconomic disparity, which we have discussed on this program in the past. There are so many different things that are pulling apart the, uh, this country. It's very fractured. There's different movements that have come about, which we're going to delve into. There's the crisis at the border. There's talk about protectionism versus, you know, being there for the rest of the world, leading the world. America is, uh, you know, always constantly in that push-pull of being the policeman of the world versus looking out for our own interests. And there's certain people that feel different ways about that. America's role in the world and what the perception of that is and has that changed. There are people that, you know, feel that there's an importance to religion that's lost in this society as it currently is uh, with relativism, which we've talked about on the program and other forces kind of stripping that away. There's, you know, civic developments. There are all kinds of different pressure points, if you will, And then there's the importance of protesting peacefully, understanding other people's views, but then there's also this undercurrent of this almost seemingly constant combative and defensive nature of everyone. And that was played out in a variety of different ways that we're going to delve into when I enter the divide here in a moment, next segment of our show. That was that's played out over time, you know, from the last presidential election through on social media and in our communities. So these are all things. How are we going to move forward from here? And what is the first steps towards the rebirth of America? So that's where we're going. That's our roadmap for tonight. And thank you for being with me. And again, I ask that you please just give me the space and uh, be open minded tonight to hear uh, a lot of different viewpoints on some of these fault lines and divisions that affect our country. So as we enter the divide segment, America is disjointed along several different lines, as I had said in the show open, the political, cultural, racial, socioeconomic. Respect seems to be lost. And there's a respect factor that I think has been lost and that has created a disengagement. We've lost a lot of respect for the flag of this country. That was played out, you know, with the NFL and the kneeling and you know, the national anthem and all that stuff. And there are people that feel that there is a disrespect for the flag and for the country, for the servicemen and women that have dedicated their lives 
to serving and protecting, excuse me, the country, that there's a disconnection from duty, that, you know, we want everything kind of handed to us without taking any kind of responsibility to volunteer, to help, to serve in communities. Then there's the, the political differences. You, know, you have people saying, well, they're a lefty liberal or they're a uh, right-wing nut. These are labels, as we've talked about on the show before. Labeling is a very powerful force that can divide people. And then there's this socioeconomic aspect of it, and these are all different things we're going to touch on. So this is an open point to start the program. And then there's socioeconomics that create a lot of disengagement also. Uh, I've told different stories in the past. I've had different interactions with people across the socioeconomic spectrum in some of the work that I do. Um, in all of the different aspects of the work that I do. So whether it's, you know, being with a small business client for writing, whether it's helping, uh, you know, someone in my, during my full-time job, a, a client there, I touch with on people from all different parts of the spectrum. And I found that there's a lot of disengagement from people that have so much and they say, oh, well, why don't, you know, people just do this or that? they don't realize that it's not possible, you know, because for them, they have the means and there's a disconnection. They don't realize that people don't, and they don't realize even some of the struggles that people face. Then there's the racial discord, which is a major fault line that has served to fracture the country and create a lot of different movements, right? Excuse me. Um, and that served, rather than unifying the country, it served primarily to further divide it. And that's evident. You know, you have so many different issues with, you know, abuse of power, potential abuse of power, um, people viewing, you know, different crimes against people differently. So you have you know, policemen trying to enforce the law. You have other people that think sometimes they go over the top, which, you know, may be valid, maybe not. And these are things tonight that are going to further serve to add to the conversation that we have to have as a country. I don't have all the answers. As you read in the, uh, in the episode description, I was a political science major. I was a communications minor. I'm in no way an expert on these things. I've hosted this show for about two years. In that time, I met with a lot of different people. I've asked a lot of different questions. I've learned a lot from experts in different fields, but I'm in no way an expert myself and don't have all the answers. I use this platform to create dialogue. So you have the Black Lives Matter movement, okay? You have, you know, that movement that then spawns people to feel, well, I'm being neglected. So now you hear about, you know, white pride marches and, you know, celebration of, you know, people that feel that uh, their culture or their heritage has been left behind. We just had all the pride uh, day festivities in New York city with, with a massive turnout for that. 
and how people feel that the uh, the gay and the lesbian and the transgender communities have been pushed aside, and they're trying to to advocate for that. And this is what America was created to do. Again, you know, it's peaceful. Uh, there's a lot of uh, presentation of, you know, there's protesting because there's something wrong or there's something that, you know, in their mind they deem as wrong or there's something that they think needs to change. Then you have the white pride marches where they think, well, the, the white, quote unquote, white people have been left behind and that everyone else is getting all these handouts and, and what's in it for us which then some people feel is ridiculous. But then I know other people that are of a certain racial persuasion, let's say they're white and they're really struggling and they can barely make ends meet and they need assistance. And by looking at them, you say, well, uh, the so-and-so is a white dude. He's got it made, you know? And so there's this inherent misunderstanding that no one really understands where everyone is because these movements have, further divided us rather than unifying us. They've further pulled us apart instead of bringing us together. And that's a major problem. You know, this past week, as I move toward the 15-minute stop, I've got about two minutes here. This past week, you have the, the whole thing with the Nike shoe with the Betsy Ross flag on it and how Colin Kaepernick got involved and basically told Nike to not release the shoe so they didn't. And then Nike was supposed to build a plant outside of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, in a town called Goodyear, if some of you may or may not be familiar with this issue, but it came up this week, and it's a big current event. And the governor said, well, I'm not giving you the tax breaks. Uh, I'm not giving you, Nike, the tax breaks to do that because you pulled the patriotic shoe with the Betsy Ross flag on it. Kaepernick's view of the situation was saying that, well, that flag and that particular uh, image of the flag is offensive to people because it represented an era where people were in slavery and things of that nature. There are other people that feel that one person should not have that much power over a major multinational corporation. And there are other people that feel that having a discussion about a flag on a shoe is completely ridiculous because the flag represents something far greater than a shoe that you know, some people feel Nike was releasing to try and improve their image after all those things that I had mentioned in point one. With the NFL and with Colin Kaepernick, Nike took a, a backlash there because Kaepernick is one of their representatives, one of their brand ambassadors, if you will. And he gets paid a lot of endorsement dollars to work for Nike. There are other people that I know personally that didn't have a problem with it and, you know, continue to buy Nike stuff. There are other people that boycotted the company. And again, you talk about division. You talk about people being pulled apart over something like a brand. That flag was made by Betsy Ross in secret. And if they found her, they would have killed her as a spy. She and other women knitted those flags it's about a whole different thing. It's about the ideal of America. It's about America trying to rise above the tyranny of British occupation. And it has nothing to do with, you know, having it on a shoe or not. It's a representation 
of America. It's our earliest flag. And again, there's that, that respect that seems lost. We're going to stop for our 15-minute break. I will return to all this here again, as I said, what's going to be a very charged episode of Undivided, episode 49, The Rebirth of America. We'll be right back. But first, some upcoming show promotions for you here on Life Coach Radio Network and our family of networks. Replenish Me, Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar. That's Cordelia Gaffar, Replenish Me, Wednesday, July the 10th, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Life Coach chat channel. That's Replenish Me is the name of the series. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Remember, she was a guest on this program. Wednesday, July 10th, that's one week from today, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Money Magic. That's Money Magic with Gull Khan, Tuesday, July the 9th, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Audible.com is our sponsor. www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code or enter the poor zip code in your state and donate to those who are most in desperate need. And we're back here on Undivided, Episode 49, The Rebirth of America. Thank you for joining me. We're here on July the 3rd, and our nation's 243rd birthday is tomorrow. And before I went to the stop, I was talking about some of these racial discords that pull apart people. And it needs to start at the grassroots. We need to change our thinking on it. So much of it is learned behavior. So much of it is, well, I don't like so-and-so because of this and it's blanket characterizations you know that it's being mad at other people just to be mad at them you know i don't like this movement because they feel that you know they're important more important than other people so see these these movements have further split people apart rather than bring them together or rather than bring any kind of uh unifying or any kind of harmony or any kind of uh, awareness that you know we need to be together on this it's to serve to bring people and ostracize people further that was my you know whole issue with colin kaepernick and the flag and now colin kaepernick in this nike shoe there's nothing to do with the shoe it's something to do with the fact that you know you're pulling people apart because you have people that care very much and about this country and about the flag of this country and respect those things are very important generationally, excuse me. And this serves to further pull people and make people angry and make people against each other. We're never going to get anywhere that way. The border crisis is another thing, and I'm going to stick my toe into this very, very chaotic water that is the border crisis. This is the next point here. And for me, you know, looking at it on balance, I see it as, humanitarian thing, so humanitarianism versus nationalism, okay? We can talk about uh, the entry of of people that are really in need and people that are seeking asylum, which is a huge problem. And uh, that because we don't have it, we don't have it in a way that, you know, is organized and that is uh, in a way that we can handle it. There's, There's a great need and the service provider, service provision, let's say, is not there. There's also a security aspect to it, which I understand. 
and we've talked about this. I did a show on immigration. Most of you may remember that with Diana Tapia. We touched on this. There's a security aspect of it. This is a very controversial issue, and I understand that. Uh, there's a, a an aspect of, well, there's, a, there's freedom here in America, right? And one of those freedoms is that, you know, anyone can come here. And there are other people that feel that not everyone should come here. And there's so many different sides to this. There are other people that see it and and feel very strongly that they're politicizing a human disaster. And there's some of that going on too. So as much as, you know, I have all different friends from all different parts of the political spectrum and I care for them all very much. And everyone looks at things differently. And that's the beauty of America is the fact that we can have these conversations and that we can have this dialogue because we do have freedom of speech. However, then you combat that with the slant of the news media, which is, you know, there's so many different aspects of that, depending on what outlet you look at. You know, my dad used to say, well, you know, I watch one channel and it's skewed this way. I watch another channel it's skewed that way. Then I've got to sit there and read a couple of things that are kind of down the middle. And then I make my own decision. So you have to know where you're getting your information from and what's driving some of those sources as well which is very important. You can't just take it from one source and uh, either direction and be like, oh, this is it. This is what's going on Uh, because there's a lot of things going on. You know, I've seen the images. They are horrible as a uh, American and as a Catholic, um, the humanitarian side of that, the love of all people that really upsets me that these things are happening to people. The other side to it is you have people that are criminals trying to get into this country under the guise of, you know, pretending they're a family. There's human trafficking going on. There are people that are being kidnapped and brought into this country uh, to be used for some very bad things. This is a very, very difficult issue. And there are some people that are truly in need of finding somewhere better to live, and that is America. My, My relatives did the same thing. And I talked about that on the show on immigration. My relatives did the same thing. So we have to figure this out. And that's obvious. We have to do a better job of making sure there are resources there for people and that there's human dignity in the process and that people are treated with dignity and respect. Uh, And it's a tough job. The, the, I understand all sides of it and the politics of it is despicable because they're trying to make certain people look bad and certain people look good. It's not about any of that. And then I've read that, well, this has happened in previous administrations and you know, no one's ever talked about it. And that's true. Some of that is degree of that is true. It doesn't matter though. The fact that it, it went on then or it's going on now it's happening. And we as a country have to decide how we're going to deal with that because it can't stay the way that it is. Then you have the religion versus secularism argument. And this is a big one. And this is one that I've done other shows on in the past. So I will, I will kind of footnote it with check out those other programs, but I have done other programs about relativism, about secularism 
and even last year's Fourth of July show, excuse me, um, the show on Fourth uh, of July special edition last year focused a lot on that. There is a degree of truth that God is being stripped away from our culture in the United States. There is a fight to keep God in some of those aspects, right? Then there is also the argument of individual rights and freedom of religion and freedom to have no religion, which I was talking to someone um, at length last week about this and saying that, you know, in America, you have freedom of religion, you have freedom also to be an atheist. And there are people out there that don't believe in anything. And that to me is always uh, on a personal level, very sad because I know personally the role that God has played in my life. And I'm very sad for people that don't have that relationship and feel that that is a root cause of a lot of problems in our society. And that is something that I believe after trying to look at different aspects of a lot of different issues and try and be very open with myself about it because religion is a big part of my life. And I know people that are atheists. Uh, I've uh, interacted with them about why that is. It still makes me very sad because uh, I feel like they're really missing out on you know, the source. You know, that's the source. And you're really missing out on uh, really a, a true love that, you know, it's like no other love I've ever experienced. It's the love of God. And again, I ask you to bear with me here, no matter what your, your views or beliefs are. But that's America. We do have individual rights. But we also were founded with Judeo-Christian values by our founders, you know, in God we trust. And they put that in the hands of God when they founded this country. And America went from this new country to this very successful, you know, very uh, you know, progressive. And we boomed because they trusted in God, because God was in the process God was in the room. There was prayer and faith in the aspects of founding this country and at other points of this country when we were trying to figure out which way to go. And that's gone, largely. And I understand that the viewpoint of the individual rights, I understand that we have freedom of religion. I have friends of all different religions. I've had them on the show. I have very strong viewpoints about my own religion, and, and that's been well established during the run of this show. But we have stripped God away from this country, and there is definitely a issue, a trickle-down impact of that. It's even with our leadership, with our elected officials, you know, there's no spiritual connectedness anymore. And in the coaching school that I went to, you know, the spiritual connection is the biggest breakthrough we can make with a client. They teach us that. You know, when you go to, to AA or you go to rehab for a substance abuse issue, they teach you the importance of a higher power of God and to surrender to that because, you know, the devil has taken over people with substance abuse. And they teach you that so that you don't have to do it yourself because we can't do it alone. And this is why we have some of the problems we have. And we've even stripped patriotism out of a lot of things, too. And that's another whole issue. Look at in Minnesota, they, they took away the Pledge of Allegiance in that town in Minnesota. 
I don't know if anyone saw that. They no longer do that before town or city council meetings because they feel that it's offensive to people that are here from other countries. And there's other people I know that heard that and went absolutely bananas crazy about it. And they have stripped patriotism out of this country. I'm sorry, you know, looking at that situation saying, well, you know, one of the elected officials said, well, if we're meeting about, you know, um, a sidewalk in front of somebody's house or a property variance, and they're from not from this country, it's offensive to them to, to do this Pledge of Allegiance before the meeting starts. Where is the sidewalk and where is the property? It's in the United States of America. And here we pledge allegiance to that flag. Without it, they wouldn't be here. So we've, we've got to think about some of these things, too, and how they sound as they come out of our mouths. And, of course, then the mayor of the town's like, we're revoting next week. You know, they're, they're going to probably reverse the policy because there was so much backlash over it. There are days that, you know, you've got to wonder what's going on. And then people say, oh, why do we have all the problems we have? That's part of it. Because we've lost that respect. Then you have the protectionism versus being the policeman of the world. There are two extremes. You know, as I mentioned in point number four, God made America a superpower. That was not by accident. You know, there is a role that we're supposed to play in the world. We're supposed to advance the cause of liberty. You know, but then we've been accused of meddling in the affairs of other countries, which can get a little dicey. Then we've been asked by other countries to intervene, and other people are like, well, we shouldn't intervene. We can. We have the resources. We could argue whether or not we should, but that's part of being in a democracy is we have the ability to have those conversations. Then there's other people that feel that the nationalism that's being pursued is very isolationist, and there's a degree of truth to that. You know, I'm all for, you know, saying that we have to, to spend some time at home you know, because we have spent a lot of time, money, and resources in other parts of the world. But the flip side to that is we need to. Who else is going to do it? There is, there is a lot of tyranny. There's a lot of evil. There's a lot of bad guys, essentially, in other parts of the world. There's terrorist organizations. Read about what's going on in the Philippines. Read about what's going on in Venezuela. And so many people in America exist in this vacuum and they try and tell you that America's not great. It is. Try living in Venezuela. Guarantee you wouldn't want to. Try living somewhere, you know, over in Africa. You don't want to. There's a lot of places you don't want to be. You know, there's uh, guys running around in the Philippines doing all kinds of crazy stuff right now. There's terrorism all throughout the world, in the Middle East and everywhere. Nationalism can be seen as isolationist, but there is a degree of, you know, we have to spend some time making sure, like look at the border crisis. We need the resources not being spent, you know, fighting a war somewhere or being involved in incursions in other countries. We need it here to help a major humanitarian crisis on our border. And sovereignty is also needed too. You know, we, we can't, you know, be all over the place and it can't just be, you know, America's going to solve the world's problems because everyone else has to, to kind of contribute as well. There are other countries that have the means that can contribute. When I had other people on the show, we talked about that. Canada and Mexico are also very 
affluent countries, and people think Mexico is not, and it is. When Diana, Diana Katapia was on this show, we had a whole conversation about it in the immigration show. And uh, Mexico and Canada, I've had Canadians on the show, we could pay our way, you know. Uh, I've had people from other countries on the show, we could do more, you know, from Europe and other places. And I'm not a public policy expert, like I said in the open. I'm not pretending to be. But, you know, God made America a superpower for a reason. There are two extremes there. I think you need a balance of both. I think you need to be involved, certainly when there's a crisis somewhere and we're asked to get involved or someone threatens one of our allies, then we certainly have to weigh getting involved because we can't be tolerant of that. If someone attacks the freedom or liberty of, of another country or another group of people, uh, Americans usually say, yeah, man, man, let's jump in. But, you know, we also have to think about what's going on at home and sure up some of those things that, that need some attention. We're about two minutes beyond our midpoint break, but I thought that that expansion on point five was, was needed at that last uh, talking point. You are listening to Undivided. This is episode number 49, The Rebirth of America, with your host, Frank J. Maduri. Thank you for being a, a, along with me this evening and for your attention and for your support of the program. Some upcoming show promotions, again, Money Magic with Gold Con. Money Magic Gold Con, Tuesday, July the 9th, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Uh, Goals had a number of, of different guests on her program that have uh, brought about uh, – some different insights on the role of money in your life. So check that out. And then Erica Wiederlight show Monday, twice a month uh, on Mondays, 1130 AM Eastern, excuse me, 1130 AM Eastern time, Mondays, twice a month, check out the website uh, for her schedule of upcoming shows. That's Erica Wiederlight or go to her website, we the That's we the to learn more about Erica and her practice. The speaking of being light to someone who is in darkness, um, if you or someone that you know or love is struggling, if you or someone that you know or love, maybe a veteran that's in crisis this time of year around 4th of July, uh, a lot of veterans have different, uh, go through different emotions, uh, or if this is a time usually spent with family and you've had a loss in your family or you've had you know some kind of a situation in your family that is really grating on you and is really uh, upsetting you and, and you're thinking about maybe harming yourself or please, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They remind you that you matter and everyone is created by God and everyone is created for a specific purpose. So please call 800-273-8255. If you're a veteran, you're struggling Call the number 800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Samaritanspurse.org, Samaritanspurse.org, or call them at 828-262-1980. That's 828-262-1980. They do some great work in developing world areas. And then the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign Wars Foundation. As we think about America, we think about the people that have fought for our peace and freedom. They are located in Kansas City. You can reach them on their website. That's www.vfw.org. Or you can call them 816-756-3390. That's 816-756-3390. The Veterans of Foreign Wars Foundation, or the VFW, as it's more commonly known. 
So please help out those who have given to us and to our freedom and contributed to the peace and freedom that we enjoy in our country today. Audible.com is our sponsor. Normally at this point, I'm going to enter the Bridging the Divide segment of our program, which is the second segment. Normally, excuse me, I would um, open the phone lines. There are no phone calls today. It's a recorded program. Uh, please do email me at undividedshow, that's undividedshow at gmail.com with any feedback that you may have, or you could direct message me on Twitter at F-M-A-D-U-R-I. I would love to hear feedback on the episode and what you all think of it. So now we're going to enter the point of the program called the Bridging the Divide segment. So how, and, and I always ask the guest, and I'm going to ask myself this question this evening, how do we bridge the divide between those who feel America is quote-unquote unfair, America is a lousy place to live, the government is no longer quote-unquote for the people, God is gone and needs to return from American society, individual liberties are being pushed out rather than celebrated, those who think America is great and those who think that we could be great if things change. It's a very big conversation piece. It's a very big question I don't have all the answers. Like I said, this is more to raise conversation and dialogue than to actually answer it. How do we do it? It's very complex. As I had mentioned earlier in the previous segment, you look at the U.S. versus other countries. Uh, there's certainly, you could compare yourself and say, wow, you know, I've got it better than people that live here. And I think that gets lost in America because we're going from the day to day. A lot of us live paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of this, a lot of that, some people may say is by design to kind of keep people, you know, stuck in their own situation versus reaching out and helping others. And there is some degree of truth to that, you know, uh, though I know people that have very little and, and have a big service mentality. So I think it also comes back to, you know, what you're exposed to, what you see from different role models or mentors and what your internal values are. Um, that being said, you could compare us to other countries and say, we're a lot better off because we are. I think people take for granted a lot of the things that we have here, running water, electricity, even simple things like that. If you remember when we had Pam Winholtz on talking about the cultural divides, and she was talking about traveling to all these other countries and how, you know, like a country like Nepal, they have, you know, two or three hours of electricity a day, if you're lucky. And then they shut the electricity off. Uh, places that have no running water, uh, places that, you know, they said to her, you're American, you must be rich. And she's like, well, I'm not rich, you know, as in our standards. But then she realized I am, you know, in some of these places you travel to, we are so fortunate in America and we lose sight of that. And everyone wants to focus, and it speaks to a different point. Everyone wants to focus on what's wrong. And everyone wants to focus on, well, this person did this, and this person did that. And this person feels, you know, this way about an is issue. And this person did this to me, you know, and getting stuck in the minutia of life versus looking at it as I am so blessed and so fortunate that I live in America. How can I help other people? And I know people like that. I know people that have sponsored children from other countries, adopted children from other countries, done very magnanimous things with uh, charitable giving and uh, foundation giving and uh, things of that nature. 
uh, I know people that are really involved in their communities, and I know people that are not, and I see the difference in both. Speaking to the government reform aspect of it, that, you know, the government is no longer for the people, uh, there is some degree of truth to that. You know, as I had said before, I don't really get into politics, but because I feel that, you know, identifying with a certain party, then it pulls people apart. You know, they automatically assume, well, because you're from this party, you must be this type of person. Or because you have this political affiliation, you must be this type of person. And that is a stereotype, and that gets very dangerous. It's very dangerous. There is some degree of truth to the fact that while I have a lot of respect for people that are in public office because it's not an easy job, and to put yourself out there and do all that at any level is not easy. I've thought about doing it myself, so I know. I've, I've been through that process of, of pondering you know, running for different offices at different points in my life. Um, and it just was not the right timing, was not the right thing for me, uh, ultimately. And part of that was because I didn't want to serve in a role and then feel like I didn't do anything. And there's some, oh, there are do-nothing Congress. Or I elected this, this guy to office and he didn't, you know, serve my interests or he didn't do anything at all, you know, while he was there. There are term limits that need to be looked at, especially for certain offices in this country. And there's certainly some credence to that, because I think that with term limits, you get some fresh perspective, you get different people into the office, and you get different viewpoints. For those that think that God has been stripped out and is gone and needs to return, I touched on it in the other answer. I'll touch on it quickly here, because, again, I'm also trying to hold this to time. There is a need for a return to faith. There is a need to return to our Judeo-Christian values that this country was founded on. They are the bedrock values of this country. You can argue it. You can try and undo it. The fact is that it's true. And the fact is that it's probably uh, the most excellent thing that the founders did, because you think about those founding principles to love one another, to love your neighbor, a lot of that is what's gone. A lot of that has been pulled out of this equation. You know, I have Jewish friends. I have Catholic friends, obviously. I have Christian friends from different Christian denominations. And all of us are saying, how are we going to love and serve God? How are we going to love and serve our neighbor? People that, you know, don't have a connection to faith. You know, I have a couple of friends I've spoken about on this program before that are Muslim. They would give me the shirt off their back. They would do anything for me. And other people, not just me. You know, why didn't you call me? I would have come got you at two o'clock in the morning, like things like that. Like you need me. I'm there for you. Uh, you know, you need a ride. You're stuck. You, you need somebody to come to your house and help you out with something. You know, we're there. Other people that don't have that connection don't think that way. Unfortunately, in my experience and the experience of others that I've interacted with. And that's because God is gone. And there's this relativism. I was talking to somebody about this uh, last week. And, you know, everyone can just do whatever they want to do. That's become the thing now. Well, I want to identify in this way, or this is what makes me feel good. Well, the problem with that is it could hurt somebody else. It could be offensive to somebody else. And that's where we're walking a very, very dangerous tightrope in this country right now, is that that value system is really conflicted 
to some degree, that value system has been compromised. And we have to return to some sort of values and respect for each other, or else it's going to continue to go down this rabbit hole. You know, then it's, it's fed. I'm going to do a whole show in August about the media and the role of the media here. It's fed by the media and the media fear machine. And then you have this New York Times op-ed video, you know, that America's not great, it's just okay. And then you have people that say that their fact-checking, you know, is faulty and or they could have brought about a lot more things that we're actually very good at. And, but they want to proceed on this messaging of, you know, America's this lousy place. And I disagree with that. And I think that that only feeds the beast with people that actually think that way because it's not going to help them to rise above or solve the problems that are ahead of them. That's just going to serve to perpetuate that, perpetuate that division. It's not going to unite us at all by talking about what we don't do right. We need to talk about what we do well in America and what we have that other people wish they have. It needs to be more about the community than the individual. I understand the importance of individual freedoms. I understand the democratic process. I understand equal rights. I understand the importance of individual rights. However, the community aspect is gone, and that's been on a number of shows and with a number of different guests throughout the run of this program, which is going to be 50 episodes, unbelievably, in two weeks. I understand the issues at hand. Community is lost. In my own life, I try and make inroads. I don't know a lot of my neighbors. The ones I knew moved. I discussed that in another show. They moved to lower tax bracket areas in different states. They moved to the Carolinas and Florida and places like that. And I don't know who my new neighbors are. And it's a big change for me. It's, it's changed a lot in my own life. And there's a loss of community. We also need to think about you know, how are we going to change to address the things that do need to change? And that is a difficult process. And that's one where we have to have a lot of different conversations and we have to be open and honest and open to each other's viewpoints on things. We, we can't have a closed mind. You can't have blinders on. Um, and you also can't just go in there and say, well, I don't respect you or your values. There are people that love this country very much. And for people that then say, well, you know, I don't, I think that you're basically, you know, a fool for feeling that way. Well, then how do you think that person's going to respond to that? They're going to get defensive and they're not going to want any part of, of the other side to that. So then creates and perpetuates that, that animosity just grows. And there's no love. There's just, there's all the, the negative parts of, of the human condition that are, end up being present there. What's America's role in the world? And what's the perception of that? You know, as I've mentioned on this program before, the uh, Irish band U2 talked a lot about the brand of America, the concept of America, the idea of America, not just the nation, the idea, and how that idea can and has taken hold in other parts of the world have been very successful. You know, democracy, the rule of law, equal uh, rights, uh, rights to a fair trial, freedom of expression and religion and speech. 
those freedoms, those liberties, as we say in, in, in the Constitution, that we hold self-evident, that are divine and, and inspired and given to us by God. These are things that other nations have taken and used and prospered with. It's the idea and concept of America. Well, that perception of that brand has changed, you know? It has. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's, it's been tarnished by this violence, by this discord, by things that you see, you know, in the news, images from the border, images of school shootings, images of mass layoffs and greedy corporations, images of environmental neglect, you know, people throwing plastic in water and polluting the water supply and Flint and all these. I've written articles that have been published in 40 countries in the world. And so that's where some of my credibility comes for doing this show. I've been in touch with a lot of people that are trusted resources. I've interviewed people. I've been all over the place uh, looking at different resources to try and create ideas and pieces that promote dialogue about a, a range of issues, environmental, uh, corporate greed, things of that nature. The brand of America has taken a hit, yet it's coming back. And I agree it is, and I think it is coming back. There are some people that would disagree with that statement. That's fine. Um, that's what makes the world go round. That's what makes our country great. But there is, a, whether you feel the role of America in the world has changed, uh, whether you think that, you know, the perception of America has changed, uh, or not, there is still a need for unity. There is still a need for self-respect. There is still a need for mutual respect. There is still a need for a rejection of violence and discord. All those things still need to happen, no matter what you think about America at this particular point in time. That rebirth has to take place. Because going the way that we're going now is we're on a sinking ship. If, if we're going to let that take hold Anger and hatred and violence don't solve anything. Remember what Martin Luther King told us. Dr. King told us that, you know, only love is going to help solve these problems. And we have to come to a place of mutual respect and self-respect and respect for this country, too. You know, we're not going to get anywhere by saying that we disrespect the flag of this country that we disrespect the ideals of this country, that we think that the ideals of this country might be offensive to somebody, that's going to get somebody, as I said before, who really loves this country, really upset. And then they're going to turn it off because it's a human nature thing. They're going to turn it off in their mind. They'll be like, I don't have any respect for those people. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't want to hear them out. We have to hear each other out, so to speak. And we have to get rid of this discord. You know, JFK used to think about this, uh, President Kennedy, used to think about this as like a brand. America is a brand. And he used to talk about certain things that happened there as, as a PR issue. And some people were like, ooh, you know, that's kind of a weird way of putting it. You know, some of the civil rights, you know, that was a huge issue. And it still is. There are certain people that feel that we haven't progressed enough, and they're entitled to that opinion. The, the issue is then how are we going to solve that? How are we going to make those people feel included? How are we going to make people that feel 
you know, offended included, you know, and part of that starts with them going halfway down the walkway too and saying, you know, I want to be open to that. I want to be open to, you know, as the woman once, uh, I read a, a quote from a woman in the Charlottesville, that despicable situation down there with the Charlottesville riots. And she was saying like, why do you hate me? You know, and it was so sad to read the dialogue between the two people and why do you hate me? And, and the white kid says, I don't know. I'm supposed to or something like that. That's a very sad state of affairs. That is very counter to the beliefs of our country. That's very counter to what God would teach you to do. God would teach you love. All major religions teach you to love the other person and be at peace and not in violence and discord, not to harm another person. That's crazy. But JFK used to call these things PR issues. And people used to think that was, you know, really kind of a, uh, of a strange way of putting it. But in some degree, he was the CEO of this country. All, all presidents are. And as a chief executive, you have to look at it at like a business. And, you know, I think he did. There were other, you know, you could argue there are other presidents that didn't. And, and you could argue that our current president, you know, treats it like a business. I think that he does because of his background. But be, be all those things aside, there are PR issues, and they tarnish the brand. Some of these things that, that are happening today with, you know, different protests in different uh, cities and, and different, you know, cultural and racial discord, that's a problem. And it starts at the grassroots our community leaders and our political leaders on the local level have got to get this under control. Like uh, there are so many different issues that need to be handled. That's one of them. And that's only going to happen when you get a bunch of people in the room and you unify them over what they have in common. And there are still things that all Americans hold in common. We all want a great life for our kids and we all, uh, generally speaking, love our families and uh, are concerned about the well-being of people that we know and concerned about our communities being clean and safe, things like that. And then we have to build it from there. There is an importance to peaceful protests. And, and as we bridge the divide, that's an important part of this conversation. There's an importance to that. Peaceful protesting is an American right. And other countries of the world have, have taken that and used that, you know, to overthrow oppressive governments. They've taken our cue and done that. Think about that. And also understanding each other's views. So, as I mentioned the point previously, and that is balanced against this constant undercurrent, as I mentioned in the show open, of being constantly combative and all this defensive posturing that goes on. You know, we have to... You know, at the end of the day, there must be some kind of accountability where we accept each other for who we are. You know, a lot of, of what happens in, in the church today, in the, in the Catholic church, which has, you know, its own problems, and I'm not trying to say that they don't, um, but they also have some wonderful things that, that they do, and you can't dispute that either from the education and healthcare and a number of different standpoints and community outreach to people, et cetera, and so forth. Um, as far as accepting people 
and where they are, it's, it's called like meet you where you are, meet people where they are. And that's very important when you think about these different uh, cultural, racial, and religious viewpoints, because people get very defensive. They get very defensive if you think that you're, you know, insulting them or that you're criticizing them. And that's a human condition. That's a human nature thing. But we also have to balance that with a respect for each other, for what we believe. We're never going to get anywhere by telling people, well, you know, you're wrong for believing that. That's a surefire way to short circuit a conversation or some kind of negotiation before it even gets anywhere. That's a surefire way of just, you know, taking the train off the track, essentially. But there's so much defensiveness that goes on. And I see it on social media, in different forums, people getting defensive about, you know, their political views, their uh, cultural, you know, their cultural viewpoints. You know, this is part of, this is what I've always done in my culture. And people misunderstand that as being, you know, he was being, you know, disrespectful to me. It might be a cultural thing, you know. We are as humans generally, myself included, are generally comfortable with people that remind us of ourselves. You know, the people that we're comfortable with are people that remind us of ourselves. So it's important to self-analyze, and that's a very unpopular thing in our society today. It moves at such a fast pace, but it's important to self-analyze and to self-reflect and to say, okay, how am I reacting to people of different races or cultures or different religious viewpoints or different beliefs? Am I immediately going to guns, as they would say, with that person? Are the guns drawn? How can I change that and be more accepting? How can I think about it in a way that then I want to try and get across you know, my own point or my own view and try and find something in common with them so that we can move forward in unity. That is, you know, a very unpopular, I think, concept because people like to be combative. They like to be defensive. They like to hold on to their beliefs. I'm right, quote unquote. You're wrong, quote unquote. You know, that is something that is inherent and ingrained in certain people. You know, they're not accepting of the viewpoints of others. And until that changes and until that, you know, the importance of looking at a protest and saying, you know what, these people are protesting for a reason. They obviously feel strongly that they've been been faulted in some way, slighted in some way, or wronged in in maybe a very big way. How can we meet them where they are and how could we try and find some common elements so that we can move forward and not be so defensive and not be so divided and not be at each other's throats. The role of coaching is always, as we come towards the end of the, of the show tonight, the role of coaching is always at this point in the show, something that we look at. So what's the role of life coaching in the rebirth of America? And how can it help people understand uh, meeting people where they are? Uh, There's got to be a connection of self-love. 
That's the first thing that a life coach will help you with, whether it's myself or, or one of the many people I've had on the program, many of my colleagues. Uh, we did a whole show on self-love, some of you may or may not know, with Amy Phillips uh, back actually last summer, I believe it was. Um, if I remember right, it was last June. Uh, that was a very popular show, a very well-received, um, very powerful show too. Uh, so check that out if you haven't already. That's going to give you a lot of insight and a lot of background to the concept of self-love. Amy is an expert in the, in the area um, and taught me a lot, actually, and went to a place that most people wouldn't have gone. It was, it was very vulnerable. That connection to self-love is very important because with, without loving yourself, you can't love others. It's impossible for you to do that. So there's a degree of you have to learn to love and accept yourself for all your faults and flaws. And it might sound kitschy and it might sound cliche, but it's true. It's that connection. And we can help as life coaches to find that that will enable you to love others. Even people that you find, you know, as, as, as even in some of the sermons I'm at at church, the people that you find difficult to love. We've been taught in, in my religion and in, in other major religions to love everyone to love your enemies, to love people that have wronged you. That's an important element that is lacking from America. It's every man for themselves, every woman for themselves. Instead of a, a we, it's a me. What's good for me? Me, 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 me all the time. Instead of what's good for us. You're not going to have that if you don't love other people. If you're only concerned with your own, you know, well-being, your own self-interest, you know, what's good for you, what feels good to you at the expense of other people, you're never going to get that. So loving other people is important. Accepting other people, even if they grate on you or you have a problem with them or you can't stand, quote, unquote, maybe something that they do. That's the key to the rebirth of this country because it's on the ground floor in our communities. It's, it's about releasing the anger, releasing the grudges, Letting go of the past, you know, everyone's all stuck in the past. Well, this happened to this group of people then, and I'm not taking anything away from that. That's That can cause a lot of damage, you know. This happened to, to this group of people at this point, and America messed up. Yes, we have, a, we have problems. There are certain things that we could have done better as a country. We have certain things that we missed. There are other countries that have the same issues. Look at some of the things going on in Western and Central Europe right now. They're having the same kind of problems and the same kind of issues that we've had and points in our history that they're trying to figure out and that they've maybe not done so well with and would admit that. There are misses, you know. We as collective society tend to get stuck again in the muck instead of looking at it from another viewpoint and letting go of that. A lot of that is, okay, the past is gone. We can't do anything about that as, as terrible as it might be, or maybe as good as it might've been. Some people are like, Oh, I wish we could go back. You know, uh, I wish we could go back to the eighties too. It was a different way of life. It was, it was a lot more fun. You know, I wish we could go back to the eighties and nineties. It was, it was great growing up. You know, it was, it was definitely a lot different than now because of, you know, some other factors that are just in the progression of what happens, you know, 
there is no work-life balance anymore. I'm going to be doing a show and, and touching on that in the future. There is no work-life balance anymore. Those lines are blurred. They're gone. Everyone is stuck in the past. Well, you know, someone's, even in their own families, so-and-so did this to me. Okay, I, I've listened to people and I've counseled them and, you know, work with them through some issues. Okay, when did it happen? Oh, 10 years ago. Okay. Um, I understand that that's, that hurt you. How are we going to move you forward? Because you can't stay in that. You can't stay in what we had talked about, you know, two weeks ago with Bronson, you know, bro, is you can't stay in a catabolic state of energy like that. You can't stay angry or holding grudges. It's very unhealthy for you. So the key to rebirth is to love other people and accept them for who they are and what they are and to let go of, of past wrongs, past hurts and say, okay, how are we going to make today and tomorrow and next week and next year better? How are we going to use this to make America better than it already is? That's the key that everyone misses. We all want to focus on what's wrong. How are we going to make it right? Forget about just complaining about it. Everyone wants to complain about all these problems. That I understand that there are problems, there are issues, there are things that can be corrected or made better. How are we going to do it? Let's not just talk about what's wrong. Let's solve something. That's the problem. The common ground is the last piece. And we're going to wrap the show for the evening. In our common ground segment, what are the first steps to the rebirth of America? Well, there are a lot of things that can be done. But first, we've got to connect to the spiritual aspect. Because that's the only thing that's going to help foster respect. And that respect for yourself and others is needed to move forward. That's the only thing that's going to do it. You can talk all you want about, you know, other things that are needed in the equation, but the root of that is you need to respect other people or else we're never going to get anywhere because we have to go there together. So we have to stop all this, you know, talking about, well, so-and-so is a conservative, so-and-so is a liberal, so-and-so is a tree hugger, so-and-so is a wuss, uh, so-and-so is, you know, an entitled, you know, rich person, whatever it is, whatever insert label here sort of thing. So-and-so is a bottom feeder, so-and-so is, you know, taking advantage of the system. Whatever aspects of this situation that you think any pre-conditions, uh, any presuppositions, any, you know, preconceived notions about people or groups of people, you need to suspend that. And that only happens if you're spiritually connected to something greater than yourself. Because then you realize that you were put here, myself, my wife, my sisters, my brothers and brothers-in-law and everyone in my family. And in your family, we were all put here for a unique purpose. We were all put here with unique skills and talents to work as a community and get there. As I mentioned in other shows, you know, you had someone that was good at this, they became the blacksmith. You had someone that was good at um, your organization, then they became the person that ran the general store. You had somebody that was good in, 
you know, banking, they became the banker, you know. You, we all have unique skills, talents that we need to use together to move forward in unity and harmony. And knowing the love of God will help you love yourself and help you to be more tolerant of others and change your mentality in one of, of a service mentality. And that's how America gets reborn. That's where we go from here. That's where we take all these problems and have a rebirth. That's when we look at the border crisis and say, we have to do something to help people, regardless of their motivations for coming, whether if they're, they're uh, trying to do something evil or trying to harm other people, then they need to be you know, dealt with according to the rule of law. If they're coming here seeking asylum, we need to figure out how we're going to deal with that. We need to figure out these problems. You know, if people feel because of their race, they're being disenfranchised, that they're being, you know, passed over for jobs, that they're being overlooked by society, we need to have a conversation and figure out how are we going to meet each other in unity and harmony and peace and to move on as children of God. And that's only if God's in the equation. We can't have, you know, God out of the room because we're not going to see each other that way. And until you know that love, we're not going to get anywhere. And until we're more tolerant of each other, and that really comes with having a spiritual connection, we're not going to get anywhere. We have to remind ourselves there was an Air Force, a gentleman in the Air Force that was in a parish community, not my own, but a, a sister parish. And, you know, I happened to be um, at this person's funeral, um, and they served in the Air Force. And he had a card, they said during his eulogy, he had a card that he looked at every day that was in his wallet that said, I am third. And somebody asked him about that. And he said, well, it's a reminder to me. It's God first, my family and others second, and myself third. I am third. And until we tell each other, I am third, we are not going to get anywhere. Thank you for listening to the program tonight. I'm going to do a couple of show promotions and then wrap up the show for the evening and talk about my next show. And thank you for staying with me. Extra couple of minutes here on Undivided, episode 49, The Rebirth of America. Replenish me with Cordelia Gaffar one week from tonight, Wednesday, July 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Money Magic with Golcon Tuesday, July the 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Those are both on the Life Coach chat channel. And Erica Wiederlight, Mondays, twice a month, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Excuse me. Check out our website, wethelight.com, for more information. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338, www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate in your local community. Samaritanspurse.org or 828-262-1980. The VFW, hit their website up, www.vfw.org. Remember the men and women that died so this country could be here and be great. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104 or www.foodforthepoor.org. And then finally, MAP International, 800-225-8550. That's MAP International, 800-225-8550 or www.matisandpeter.org. And my next show coming up will be episode 50. I mentioned it before, the body image divide. So it's all about body image. And the role that that plays, it's a very powerful one in people's lives. That's Wednesday, July the 17th. That's two weeks from today. It will be a live show 
back at a regular time, 7 p.m. live. And the guest will guest co-host will be Suzanne Riley. Suzanne had joined me for the Fitness Divide episode uh, in a prior episode and also was on our 40th episode special. Suzanne will become the first person to guest on the show twice and the first person to be on the show three times because she was also part of the 40th anniversary or 40th uh, episode special edition where she called into the show and did that short interview. So Suzanne will be back by popular demand uh, for that show. It's going to be a a really interesting and enlightening program. I hope this one was interesting and enlightening to you. Please check out my practice, uh, frankjmaduricoaching.com. Frank J. Maduri Professional Coaching is on Facebook as well. Uh, uh, Twitter is at F-M-A-D-U-R-I. Check out my books on Amazon. I've got the poetry book, uh, The Promise of Tomorrow, a poetry collection on there, and Reflections on the Passion, a Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross, a Reflections book on Amazon as well. I'd like to thank the audience uh, for sticking with me tonight, for listening to what's a very charged episode. I hope that it resonated with you, and I hope that it helps to have conversations in your local community. I want to thank the listeners from around the world as well for joining. I'd like to thank audible.com, our sponsor. Uh, So again, what's the rebirth of America? The rebirth is coming to a place of self-respect and self-love so that we can love and accept others so that we can move on on in unity and harmony and peace. And that it's only going to come by having a spiritual connection, by being connected to God. And that's how we will live in America, reborn and truly undivided. America is a great nation And our founders gave us all the tools to make this happen. It's incumbent upon us to find solutions to these problems that exist instead of just trying to exist within the problem. So thank you for your attention tonight. This has been Undivided, Episode 49, The Rebirth of America. I wish all of you, with Frank J. Maduri, your host, I wish all of you a happy Independence Day, 4th of July. Please be safe. And for Russ Terry, for Dana Trouble. For all my fellow co-hosts here at the Life Coach Radio Network, be blessed, be well, and may God bless America, the United States of America, the greatest country on the face of the earth.